The Church Media Podcast, episode number 43, Lessons from 40 Years in Ministry with the legendary Sandy Patty. Let's do it. Hey there. Welcome to the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for creating dynamic experiences and building solid production teams at your church. Video, audio, lighting, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. You can find the show notes for this episode at 1230media.com slash podcast. And now, broadcasting from the heart of the South, here's your host, Church Media Coach Carl Barnhill. Hey, I'm Carl Barnhill. Thanks for listening this week. This is episode number 43 of the Church Media Podcast, the definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. This week is a leadership and ministry-focused episode where we're going to chat with one of the most highly acclaimed performers of our time, five-time Grammy winner Sandy Patty. Sandy is the most awarded female vocalist In Christian music history. She has 40 Dove Awards. She was inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 2004 and as an Indiana living legend in 2007. She has released over 30 albums, authored nine books, and ministered to thousands of people through her music for nearly four decades. Now, you might be thinking, what does Sandy Patty have to do with church media? Well, Christian music artists singers, band members, worship leaders, producers, these guys are immersed in the world of creating experiences for people, especially Christians, through their music, their concerts, their events, and more. They live in the world of audio, video, lighting, stage design, event planning, and ministry. Why not learn from those who are the best at creating experiences that minister to other people? We can learn from people like Sandy and others how to create incredible ministry experiences, worship services, events, and more. We shouldn't be looking just at other churches to see how they do things. Uh, As the church, we need to be on the front line of creativity and innovation. Are you just looking at other churches, or are you watching halftime at the Super Bowl? Concerts by secular artists, by Christian artists. Are you watching movies and programming, not just for the entertainment value, but watching their motion graphics, their transitions and editing styles? Let's be great at what we do and always work to improve the quality of our content and our experiences. Okay, off my soapbox and on to my interview with Sandy Patty. I recently had the opportunity to talk with Sandy when Women of Faith had a theatrical event back in February of this year. We chatted about her involvement in those events and that theatrical release, and she also gave some advice and encouragement to church media staff and volunteers from her experiences in ministry. Here is my exclusive interview with Sandy Patty. I'll be back in just a bit to wrap things up. Cue the sound effect. Here we go. This is an exclusive interview from 1230 Media and Carl Barnhill. Get shareable content and free resources for your team at 1230media.com slash podcast. Here's Carl now. I welcome by phone one of the most awarded and successful artists in the music industry. She's a lady who has produced hundreds of events, concerts, and experiences for nearly four decades. A master at her craft and just a wonderful person, Miss Sandy Patty. Sandy, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. 
Thank you. Did you just say four decades? I think you did. I think you're, and it caught me by surprise, but I think you're right. Is that, like, is wow. that right? Well, uh, see, it doesn't appear so because you look like you're about 27. So, oh, see, you kind of fool you. everybody. Nicely, nicely done there. <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> got uh, to earn some brownie points, huh? <laughs> All right, so tell me how you got involved in the, the Women of Faith movement. Uh, we have a, a theatrical event coming to theaters on February the 18th, and you're involved in that. Uh, tell me how you got started with Women of Faith and, uh, and what the theatrical event is going to be like. You know, um, I, got, I had heard about Women of Faith when it started 20-plus years ago, and I thought, what an amazing event. To be able to um, bring women together and have speakers and singers who were just so real and talked about life, um, you know, just the realness of of life and its ups and downs and all of that. You know, I think sometimes my generation in the church, we didn't always, I think, feel the freedom to just be really real and say things like, you know what, some days my marriage is hard. Doesn't mean I don't love him, it's just hard. Or, you know, raising small kids, it's it's tough. It's tough to be a working mom and, you know, have a career and also, you know, those just those kinds of things. And what I've found with Women of Faith is it has allowed women everywhere to really begin to be free in their heart, in their emotion, and to not, not to stay there, but to see how can God use this situation? How can I move through it and be a better woman on the other side? And so when I got invited to Women of Faith about 10 years ago, I just absolutely couldn't believe that that um, they would want me. I, I, I sort of felt like I was, you know, that movie, that Christmas movie where you have the, the the misfit toys who are, you know, on the island of misfit toys. You know, I had gone through a very public divorce um, about 25 years ago. And I thought, man, there is no way they're going to have me, you know. Um, but they they loved on me and they loved on my family. And um, I, our life has been forever changed. One of the things about this um, this theatrical event that we are so excited about you know, if there's no way to really capture everything of what Women of Faith has been for 20 years, but I, as I watched the movie just the other night, and you know, I, everybody else went to bed, and I was sitting here and watching it, and I was just crying and laughing and texting, you know, all my my other friends on the on the porch where what we call where the where the speakers and singers where we sit. It was just so special to remember those moments and to remember how I have grown through my relationship with women of faith. So we're excited to, you know, try to condense two years, you know, 20 years into two hours. But we, but we really hope that it can begin conversation with people in your churches, you know, as you, as you become sort of that rallying point and and say, hey, you know what, let's all go do this as a group, and then let's go out to eat or have coffee afterwards, and let's talk about some of the things that um, they talked about in Women of Faith. There's nothing like conversation to bring people together, and that is what our hope is. 
Now, this movie is coming to theaters on February the 18th. Uh, people can get tickets at wofncinemas.com. And uh, our audience is mainly most uh, made up of, of church media directors, staff, and volunteers. Tell us why a group of church volunteers should get all their women together on their team and, and go see this movie together. Well, first of all, to all the staff and volunteers, let's make no bones about it. Y'all do all the work, so let's just say it. Everybody knows it. Um, you know, it is hard working in the church. It's very rewarding, um, but it's hard. Any time you're working with people, it's going to be hard. And so, first of all, I just want to just thank you for how you serve your church family every day when you just come to work and you just you just want to you just want to serve them and so thank you so very much for that um what i love about um the idea of you know gathering gathering people together and you know we've heard women say who've been to women of faith over and over again finally i can bring my husband and he can get an idea of what I've been talking about for the last 20 years. So we've really had, um, we've seen a lot of people make it not just for women, but uh, for, for guys too. Because honestly, guys, you're gonna learn a lot about women if you're in an event that talks about women. Um, but, you know, to serve your community, your church community, your body in this way, we wanted to just give you an opportunity, as I said, to begin a conversation. And so sometimes doing an event is fun. You know, maybe maybe plan a dinner ahead of time and you get to know people and then you, you know, go and you watch the movie and, and, um, and then, you know, maybe take the next two or three weeks and say, hey, let's get together at the same time and let's talk about some of this stuff. How are you? in your everyday life. Tell me what's going on. Sheila Walsh talks so beautifully about depression. And, you know, depression is one thing I think that's, that's been hard for the church to talk about. But how great to be able to open up a conversation about all kinds of things. Um, that's really why we did this, so that those of you who volunteer and serve your church every single day we wanted to give you just something new and different and a different way to serve your church that's so good and uh, again you can find a theater uh to where this is playing how to get tickets the website wofincinemas.com now sandy you want to switch gears a little bit uh you've been a part of creating uh amazing experiences whether that be your your music your concerts uh, uh, it, it, you've been in ministry a long time. Now, now, when creating experiences for believers, uh, what are the essentials? What are some key things that you focus on when brainstorming with others for a concert or, or an event? Well, I, you know, I, I always, um, you know, I'm going to back up and say that I was a really shy kid. And so music really became my way of speaking my heart. Uh, I'd hear a song and I would think, oh, that's how I feel. Um, if I sing that, maybe I can let somebody know how I feel. For this really shy kid, music became that, became my voice. Um, so throughout my career and the projects that I've done, they really have kind of been 
in a sense, a representation of where I am in my own journey with the Lord. Because for me, that's where it has to begin. Uh, being, on, being on stage in front of people is not a substitution for my own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, it should overflow out of my relationship with Jesus Christ. And so one of the first things that I really want to try to do is create an opportunity. Uh, one of the, I've heard the best quote about if you are a worship leader, I've kind of tried to reframe that. If you are a leader of music in a worship setting, because so many people are worship leaders. We, we say worship leader now, and we all kind of think that means music, and it does. But, you know, the ushers are worship leaders. The greeters at the church are worship leaders. Um, anybody that helps facilitate the opportunity for others to encounter Christ. That is the best quote I have ever heard on what it is to be a leader in a worship setting. And so that goes through my mind first and foremost. How can I help create an opportunity, help facilitate an opportunity for others to encounter Christ? And so I want to make sure that the lyrics in every song point to Christ, that I want to make sure that the stories, some are funny, some are silly, um, but are they moving in a direction of pointing others to Christ. Sometimes humor just really breaks down your defenses, and when you laugh, you just kind of break your defenses down, and then a word of truth can get in your spirit. Music has that same way. It's very powerful, and it slips in sometimes into your heart when just words simply cannot. So when you have a um, beautiful music that is accompanied by life-changing lyrics, um, it is really, that helps facilitate the opportunity for others to encounter Christ. And a lot of that is shared just from my own journey. So, you know, I, I share what's appropriate to share. Um, some of the things aren't always pretty, but they're real, and they're real life. Um, it's also, for me, uh, about passing the baton to the generation coming behind. And I think Women of Faith modeled that so beautifully and continues to, and I want to do that as well. And so um, some of my kids are part of my singers, and they're kids who really have felt God's call on their heart um, to do music in churches where they are at. And we kind of said one day, hey, if we're going to do music anyway, let's do it together. And so I'm, I'm having an opportunity to speak into them. Um, and at the end of the night, I pray that people are encouraged. I pray that people, whatever happened on that night, it also matters Monday morning when they wake up. That it's more than just emotion that we've shared, but that it is something life-changing, something they can look back on and say, you know what, this, this lyric in this song, or this story, or or whatever, this has this has been a pivotal moment in my journey with Christ, um, and it matters the next day and the next day and the next day. It's so good when you were talking about passing it on to uh, the next generation. That's one thing that we try to do here is really learn from people like you 
uh, who, who have been in this uh, for a number of years, how to create those experiences. So we have a lot of listeners that are, that are new to ministry. What would you say to them uh, that you being in ministry for uh, a number of years now, what would you, how would you uh, approach someone new in ministry? How would you coach them? What would you tell them? You know, the first thing, honestly, that I would tell them is it it all begins and ends with your own relationship with Christ. So, you know, tell me where you are in that journey. You know, I have a I have a lot of people who will come up to me and say, "Hey, I want to do what you do," and I'll say, "Well, you know, have you taken piano lessons before?" Oh no, I don't want to do that. I want to do what you do. Oh, have you you know studied music and band or? You know, do you understand theory? Do you, you know, do you understand why we're why we worship? You know, in the first place, what? When did music become part of a worship setting? Why do we even do it? What is your role? No, I just want to do what you do, and and that is so on my heart to help really teach and mentor and speak into the generation. I'm actually artist-in-residence at Mid-America Christian University, and we have a Christian Worship Arts and Leadership Certificate to kind of answer some of these very things that you're talking about. The best example that I use is, you know, when Saul in the Old Testament, Saul was the prophet, and when he was looking for uh, the next king of Israel, he came to, you know, the home with all the brothers, and they were all there. And he said, no, no, not him, not him, not him. Don't you have another brother? Yeah, well, he's out tending sheep. Well, that's who I want to meet. So he met young David, and he, he said, this is the next king. But you know what? For the next 10 years, he didn't reign on the throne. He still went back to tend his sheep because that was how God was preparing him to do what he had called him to do. And so the first thing that I would say to people is you've got to put the time in to allow God to teach you what you need to learn in order to do what he has called you to do. That's so good. I think a lot of the uh, even uh, smaller churches or different churches will even compare themselves to another church or another uh compare themselves to another church or another experience like a concert that they see and oh I want to do that I want to do that at our yeah. church but but I agree with you that they're not willing to put in the the day-to-day grind and and they're they're only seeing the finished product over there they're not seeing that the other church uh, you know, had brainstorming sessions and they've been planning it for years or, or, or yep. you know, whatever the case may be. So that's, that's such yep. good insight. And, you know, one of the things we talk about in the, cl- in the class that I get to teach is, you know, the priests um, who, who were responsible for taking care of the tabernacle. You know, they, were the, they had to set it up every time uh, the camp would move this is moses tabernacle before the temple was built they they are the ones who set it up every time they maintained it they cleaned it and they're the ones who had to tear it down and you know what i i i ask a lot of people who want to be a leader in a worship setting are you the first one there are you the last one out um or do you just show up and want to do your song and leave because being a priest or being an ambassador in a setting like that 
it, it means so much more than you could possibly think. And that's what we get to talk about is what does that mean? Now, you've been very open about your life and career. Uh, what are some things, going back to the Women of Faith events, what are some things that you've had the opportunity to share either through that event or through your concerts and experiences that uh, might encourage ladies attending this event uh, in, in theaters or might be encouraging to, to ladies listening? Yeah. Well, you know, I um, was really just so encouraged and challenged when I heard my other friends who were speakers share some of the journey that they've gone through, whether it be depression or losing a child um, at birth. Um, what I mean, everybody talked about everything, which then freed me up to talk a little bit about my journey and, you know, going through a divorce and, um, you know, trying to, you know, figure out how does that look when, you're, uh, when your kids are the ones impacted by the divorce you know how does that look if they go back and forth how do holidays look you know and then what does a blended family look like uh over half of people in the church probably more like three quarters are impacted in one way by a blended family whether they are grandparents who are now grand you know grandparents to new stepkids or whatever it were impacted in one way and so I'm really, I love that the church is really beginning to talk about that. And that's one of the things that, that I get to talk about. And it's not easy. A blended family is not easy. It's its own unique entity. That doesn't mean it can't work and can't be successful. But there's some things you have to understand about it. Like a blended family is born out of loss. That's just the reality. Um, whether someone's passed away or whether... You know, there's been a divorce, but there is, it's born out of loss. And that doesn't mean God can't restore and reframe all of that, but that's a really important thing to, to remind yourself in the very beginning. So we talk about that a little bit. I um, was sexually abused when I was six years old. And um, for a year on Women of Faith, I, I shared my story about that. Um, and what I began to see more than anything else was women began to say, oh, I'm not alone. Wait, I thought this, I thought I was the only one that this happened to. And, and I've really begun to, to see women be able in a safe setting, whether it be a Christian counselor or a few good friends or whatever it may be, begin to speak out loud some of those painful truths about their lives and in speaking truth i believe this so strongly when there is truth god is there because he is truth and sometimes that truth is so hard to say out loud but where there is truth there is god and where there is god there is freedom and i believe that with all my heart i stand here today because that is true now i saw a special message from you about how this year is going to be very unique for you uh, you're hanging it up this year, going out on one last farewell tour. Tell me how you came to that decision and what 2016 looks like for Sandy Patty. Well, you know, I, I, I love athletes. I, I, a lot of my fans know I'm a big, I, I watch NFL, and I just, I just love sports. And my husband's very happy about that. <laughs> so we, we, you know, we watch it together. But I've watched some of my favorite athletes either 
play too long and people will say, oh, man, I wish he'd have quit a long time ago. Um, I've watched some be really intentional about they know their body and they want to be respectful of the sport. And so they know when it's time to uh, not walk away but change what it looks like and maybe coach or whatever. And so I, I look at that example and I think, you know what, I want to be intentional about this. I want to be very mindful of the art form. You know, uh, um, they say in the opera world that a woman's vocal prime is between the ages of 45 years old and 60. So, you know what, I am definitely closer to one end than the other of that. And I don't want to be one of those artists that people are saying, ooh, I wish you'd have quit a long time ago. Um, I don't ever want to get in the way or be a distraction for the truth that I'm privileged to sing about. And so that is a factor as well. And, you know, our kids are grown and we're starting to have grandkids. And that does change a little bit how you see where you want to spend your time. And so I think for all of those reasons, um, it was time to say, you know what, let's be intentional. But it's not about saying goodbye as much as it is about saying thank you whether it's radio stations or magazines or newspapers or audience people or um, churches or bookstores or whatever it may be. There have been a lot of people who have come alongside me the last 30 years, and I could not have done this without their love and without their support, without their prayers. And so it's not so much that I want to say goodbye, but I want one last opportunity to say thank you. Is there any special moments over the years? I'm sure the Star Spangled Banner and Johnny Carson and kind of when you first got going. And uh, is there any just kind of milestones that really just stand out in, in your ministry that that are uh, of highlight to you? You know, I, it sounds funny to say, but almost I've wanted my whole career for me to be able to sing with our family. And so this last year at Women of Faith, um, and the movie highlights this, which is so sweet, um, I got to sing with my husband and our kids on stage together. And it was really a highlight for me. Um, as you can tell, I'm, I'm just a family person. I've gotten to meet some celebrities along the way and that, but you know what, at the end of the day, I just, I want to be able to look at my husband and him look at me and know we still like each other and we still love each other. And that's just kind of, you know, that's so grounding for me. And so honestly, the last year and a half that we've been with Women of Faith, getting to sing with my family has been really special. And so they're coming on the road with me and they are going to be, you know, kind of the featured artist. And I really am excited about that. Well, I really appreciate your time. And, and when, from one family, my family used to listen to you and has been listening to uh, you for years and your music. In fact, I remember this one, I forget what album it was, but you would had some impressions of Karen Carpenter, Barbara Streisand. What yeah. album was that? Oh, gosh. It was It was one of the first ones. Yeah. And it was called More Than Wonderful. It was way back. And yeah. yeah, way. That's before I had kids. And my oldest now is 
is almost 32. So wow well, yeah back. yeah well uh I, I just remember you you uh not taking yourself so seriously and just having fun uh with with yourself and with your your voice and your ministry so that was that was a uh, a little highlight for me but just from one person uh, one believer to another we thank you so much and i can speak for uh for churches that listen to this podcast we are so grateful for your ministry and i just want to yeah. say thank you for um, your time and your, your ministry over the years has truly been a blessing to uh, to the church as a whole. Thank you so much. You are so welcome, and have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. You too. You have a great one. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Do you remember the first time you heard your favorite Sandy Patty song? Five-time Grammy Award winner, 40 Dove Awards. The most awarded female vocalist in Christian music history. A pioneer whose ministry has helped shape Christian music for over three decades. Sandy Patty's Forever Grateful, The Farewell Tour. Relive the emotion you felt the first time you heard. Don't miss your chance to see Sandy Patty and hear the music you have come to love. This is your last opportunity to experience the music and ministry of this legendary artist. You have reminded us of God's peace, of his joy, and the life that he has for us. I'm so blessed to know you, so blessed to call you friends, so excited for this new chapter in your life, this new season that God is, is uh, inviting you into. I hope every one of these shows on this final tour is filled with exquisite reminiscing and hope and joy. There's no one like you. So there's no one to step into your shoes because there's only one Sandy Patty. So come spend a night with the artist that has inspired, encouraged, and shaped your faith for over 30 years. I'm so thankful that you have been in my life for the last 30 years. So I look forward to telling you thank you. The Forever Grateful Tour. For tickets and information, visit sandypatty.com. The Church Media Podcast. Essentials for executing your Sunday worship service. Here is Carl Barnhill. You can share my full interview with Sandy Patty and also see a special video message from Sandy herself at 1230media.com forward slash Sandy. That's S-A-N-D-I, 1230media.com forward slash Sandy. Sandy. That post and interview has been shared over 500 times on social media, so if it encouraged you, feel free to pass it on to your friends at other churches or your colleagues, 1230media.com forward slash Sandy. Well, that's it for us this week. I want to thank my guest today, the legendary Sandy Patty. She was gracious enough to carve some time out of her farewell tour schedule to chat with us, and we really appreciate it. Her website is sandypatty.com if you want to learn more about her and her final tour. Next week on the show, I welcome a man that knows a ton and has nearly 30 years' experience in creating content for churches. 
Phil Vischer will be in the house. Phil is the creator of Veggie Tales and What's in the Bible. Phil and I talked about his creative process, what gear he uses, what his sets look like, creating media resources for the church, and more. We were shooting for about a 10 to 15 minute interview and had so much fun that we went over 30 minutes. We had a blast. I can't wait to share my interview with Phil with you. That's next week on the show. I want to thank our podcast producer, David Michael Hyde. David is a contemporary composer and music producer for film and digital media. Say you want a custom score for your next video or you have any audio need, this is the man to get. His online home is davidmichaelhyde.com. Check him out today. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. I'm really honored and humbled to hang out with you each week. I welcome your ideas and topics for future episodes of the show. Feel free to email me directly at carl, C-A-R-L, at 1230media.com. And take a minute today, if you would, to rate and review the podcast in iTunes. It helps our ranking in the iTunes database so that more and more churches can get our content absolutely free. It's just a a help to other churches to get this content uh, out. So rate and review our podcast in iTunes, if you would. Uh, Do that for us today. Thanks for listening this week. Go out there, guys, and create some incredible experiences this Sunday. Phil Vischer next week. I'll catch you then. Thanks for listening to the Church Media Podcast. Get the show notes for today's episode at 1230media.com slash podcast. And be sure to rate and review this podcast in iTunes. For more free church media resources, visit 1230media.com. We'll see you right here next week for another episode of the Church Media Podcast. 